Testing. I think we nailed sound this morning. I think we've really, I think we've done 100%. Great AM. All right. All right. Now you can hear me. All right. Hey, everybody. How's it going? All right. Very good. I'm just going to tuck this down my shirt here, untuck the back of my shirt, stick this in my back pocket. Just going to give you a little play-by-play. All right. What's wrong with people? <laughs> Seriously, what is wrong with people? All right, so let's, uh, let's get back on track. Let's, let's do this. What is wrong with people? I think that's a fair question to ask. I mean, I don't know if any of you watch the news, but when I watch the news, I think, what is wrong with people? When I drive, I think, what is wrong with people? When I watch political debates... What's wrong with everybody, right? When I'm on Facebook, what is wrong with people? Anytime I am in public, what is wrong with people? Now, I, I, I realize that that's a judgmental question to ask. It's a judgy way to start off our service this morning. But I, and I'm not talking about the obvious stuff, right? I'm just not just talking about, like, politics or fashion choices or anything like that. I'm just talking about just the, the everyday stuff. I was, in a, in, I was in a movie theater. It was fairly empty. There was myself and some friends, you know, we're kind of sitting in the prime spots in the center. There's probably five people in this whole theater, and I'm sitting there. And a guy walks in, and I'm watching, like, where is he going to sit? Where is he going to settle down? He comes up, and he comes to my row, and I'm, I'm just watching him. He walks down my row. Now, there is no rule about where you have to sit in a movie theater. But isn't it understood you don't sit right next to a stranger in an empty movie theater? That is like common sense. And I walk him, get closer, and he sits down right next to me. <laughs> what is wrong with people? I got up and moved, actually. I went to another. I was like, I can't. I'm not going to be able to enjoy the movie because the whole time I'm going to be like, why did he sit right next to me? What's happening? What is going on here? He probably went home later and he's like, I sat down next to this normal looking guy in the theater and he just got up and walked away. What's wrong with people? It's probably what he's thinking. I was, um, I was driving, this has been a little while back, but I was driving and I was in the church van. You get a really high, high seat, you can see everybody. And I looked over and there's this lady reading as she's driving. Reading, like, like texting is one thing, I don't think that you should do that. But she had a book. Like, she brought a book, and as she's driving, she's like, I think I'm going to read. She brings the book over onto her lap, so she's not making eye contact with the road, and she's reading. Now, I pulled up next to her enough to just try to figure out what was going on, and I could tell clearly enough what she was reading. I know that sounds crazy, like I have super eyesight, but no, it, what she was reading, this is a true story, she was reading the Bible. Now, I have, a, I have mixed feelings about that a little bit. I was like, well... Good for her, but I, you're going to kill somebody. I don't uh, get right with God before you do that, or I, you got to you got to figure that out. <clears throat> I read an article about a guy who got pulled over for for speeding, and uh, when he got pulled over, his wife was in the passenger seat, and he claimed that his wife was pregnant, and she was very clearly not pregnant. So the police officer said, "Sure, okay, I'll escort you to the hospital." And so the guy was like, "Okay." So siren lights on, they go to the ER, and the nurses come out with the with the wheelchair and escort the guy in, and the police officer knows that there's nothing, this lady is not giving birth to anything, there's just giving birth to a lie here, and he, they get in, they get checked in before the guy was like, you got me, I, 
My wife's not pregnant. And the police officer didn't even give him a ticket. Like, I guess the ER bill is enough, his insurance, he'll have to figure out. (laughs) What is wrong with people? What is wrong with people? Why do people make choices that they know are bad for them? Why do people make choices that they know are bad for them? Have you ever seen someone's decisions kind of unfolding like a slow-moving car wreck? And you see the decision coming, and you see their choice, you know, the consequences of that decision, the decision, the consequences, decision, and you're like, whoa, buddy, consequences, you don't, this is a bad idea. If you make this decision, consequences are bad. And you can see it coming. You're watching the whole thing unfold. Seriously, you need to stop. These consequences are, stop, you're going to get yourself in trouble. And you see it coming, and then there's this accident, and you're like, well, yeah, your life's a mess. It's because you made decisions that had those consequences. I tried to stop you. But what's wrong with people? What's wrong with people? I think we need to pivot a little bit, turn the tables, because I think the way we answer that question about what's wrong with people is by this. What is wrong with us? What is wrong with us? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with you? Now, it's easy. It's fun, even, to be judgmental and be like, what is wrong with people? But I think a hard question and a question that's worth exploring and a question that's worth asking and answering is what is wrong with us? And here's how I know you say this. Here's how I know you have problems. It's because of this. You have said this statement. I know I shouldn't, but... You have said, why did I do that? What was I thinking after a decision has been made? You have said, man, I should have known better. I should have seen that coming. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with me? What is going on at these crossroads of decisions where we have this choice and it's fairly clearly laid out for us. This way is good and we should do this and the Bible tells us to do this and our friends and peers and family members are encouraging us to go this way. And then over here is this this roadway that's blocked off that says danger and our friends and family members are like, don't go over here. Don't step this way. This is bad news. If you go this way, the bridge is out. You will have trouble. This is going to be bad for you. And we're sitting there thinking, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know what? I... This is pretty attractive over here. What's going on that we move in the direction of bad decisions that have obvious consequences? And then we're like, oh, I made this choice. It has bad consequences. Why did, what happened? What happened? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with you? What's going on at these crossroads? This path says danger, blocked off, dead end. This thing is a sin. Don't do it. Our fa- friends and family are saying don't do it. And I guess we're just optimists. We're like, well, maybe this time it'll work out. Maybe they're trying to hide something fun from me back over there. What is wrong with us? Now, some of you may be thinking big sins, big sins. You're thinking drugs. Why do people do drugs? I don't know. You're thinking affairs. You're thinking embezzlement from the company, the big things. But I'm talking about all the things. I'm talking about things like gossip. Where you're sitting there at the crossroads of a decision, and you're like, "Mm, I don't, I shouldn't, I I really want to say this thing. You're sitting there at the crossroads of judgmentalism, of anger, of lust, of impatience. And we choose that knowing that it's going to hurt relationships. Knowing that it's going to ultimately hurt us. What is wrong with us? I want to give you this premise. We're going to say two things. First thing we're going to say this morning is this. The power of sin is deception. The power of sin is deception. Uh, many of you know uh, Steve Countryman. I know this is going way back. You've been around this church for a while. If you haven't, Steve Countryman was uh, one of our urban ministers. So we have a, a ministry that we work out kind of based out of the church here. And Steve headed that up. And they worked in St. Paul with many of the Hmong population in St. Paul. Now, if you know Steve, uh, he is um, thrifty. 
He likes, to, he likes to save money. And he was telling me a story one time about going to a pro ball game. I don't remember if it was the Twins, the Vikings. I don't remember what it was. But parking at these things is always like the frustration if you don't anticipate it. You're like, I bought the tickets. You know, I'm going to have to spend $30 on a soda. And then you get there and you're like, ah, 20 bucks for parking. I, why, God, why? And so nearby the stadium, whichever one it was, he found this open lot. And there was a guy kind of standing there and he was holding the sign saying, parking, five bucks. You know, $5 parking. He's like, that's, that's me. Hey, thanks, God. You know, pulled right into this parking spot. And he pulled right up to this wall. And on the wall, there was this guy's jacket kind of hanging on the wall and he pulled right into this spot and the guy's like yeah five bucks or ten or whatever it is you can call Steve if you want the exact details and uh so thanks all right great so it's feeling pretty good he's like this is a little weird you know it's a little weird but it's a good deal right good deal goes enjoys the game and he comes back and his vehicle is towed and the spot he was in had a very big no parking sign right there And so some opportunist came along, hung his jacket right up over the no parking sign, and was like, yeah, five bucks for parking, which I think is a brilliant idea. (laughs) But I do feel like when we make choices like that, there are warning signs like, I don't know about this. There's something about this isn't, this is too good to be too. This is too cheap. The power of sin is deception. If you have your Bibles and you want to join me, turn to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 9, and we're just going to make our way through about three verses of Scripture here. And this is something that is repeated throughout Scripture. It's not, it's not key to this passage of Scripture. It's just this theme of Scripture over and over again about how the power of sin is deception. And if you guys are in small groups, and if you guys are sticking around from the wedding for a few more days, join one of the small groups. But then one of the discussions we're going to have is looking at these Bible verses that talk about how the power of sin is in deception. So this is what Paul says to these people to whom he's writing. He says, Do you not know wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. And he's saying, It's clear. Look, it's clear. That path that says, this is bad, don't do that, that is not where you want to go to get to the kingdom of heaven. This path over here that says, kingdom of heaven, that's the path. It's not confusing, it's not messed up, it's not weird, it's not mislabeled, it's very clear. There's some bad decisions, don't do those things. Here's some good decisions, let's do those things. And that's, what, that's all Paul's reminding these people of. Do you not know wrongdoers? Wrongdoers, that's a big word, we'll talk about that in a little bit, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Well, I want to inherit the kingdom of God, so I'm just going to go right over here and go down this road that says kingdom of God. That sounds good. Why would anybody in their right mind ever, ever in a million years go down this road? Why would anybody do that? What's wrong with people? What's wrong with us? Why would we make decisions we know will have bad consequences? Why? Why? The power of sin is in deception. This has always been true. It's always been true. Even at the beginning. Do not eat the fruit of that Tree, am I clear? Do not eat this fruit. This fruit right here. Have you ever done this with your kids? This right here. Leave this alone. Man, that looks good. I don't know. I think God might be trying to keep something from you. Did God really say that? You won't die. In fact, I think life might be better. And in Genesis chapter 3, verse 13, when God says to this woman, what have you done? I clearly, I said this fruit. I pointed it out. I told you, this tree, what have you done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. The serpent deceived me, and I ate. Power of sin is deception. 
On Monday nights, we have a uh, Bible study with the upperclassmen in the youth group. I still work with, uh, with youth group, believe it or not, even as old as I'm getting. And so our juniors and seniors get together, and on Monday nights, we, just, we, try, we try to help make that transition between being in high school, being in college, kind of off on your own, making your own decisions. So this, uh, this last weekend, we had some of our freshmen in college that were back on spring break, and so we all went out Monday night, and we're talking about this, and I decided to enlist their help in this sermon. And I asked them this question. I said, what are the lies that you tell yourself when you do something you know you shouldn't do? What are the lies that you tell yourself when you do something that you know you shouldn't do? So we came up with this, uh, this list. So here's a few things you can kind of peruse that list. If you're looking for ideas, write a few down, and you can use them later. But what are the lies that we tell ourselves when we want to do something we know we shouldn't do? What are the things that we buy into? And this is just, you know, this is just brief from our experience. And I loved some of these. Some of these were, some of these were really good. Uh, one in particular, it says up there, sometimes you have to break one rule to keep another. And uh, the example was, you know, if you have to get home by curfew, so you have to speed to get home by curfew. So in order to obey your mom, you have to break, you know, the law. And this is, this is an extra little tidbit. If you get pulled over, then you have a really good excuse for your mom when you get home. Like, please stop me. I couldn't, you know, I, it's, it's a win-win, really. I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day. I think one of my favorites, or one, one that I think is just, just, we just do, is, is something along the lines of, you know what, this has just been a hard day. I just deserve a little something, just to take my mind off the day. I just, I deserve, I mean, it's been hard. I just need a break. Just this, just this thing, this thing we know we shouldn't do, right? Or, man, I have been really good today. I, I need a little something to reward myself. You're like, no matter what, you're going to do that thing. Hard day, good day, you're going to do the same thing. You're just figuring out a way to, to, to rationalize it. Someone else will take care of it. This is a big company. It won't hurt them. It'll just be this once. This will be the last time. It's just who I am. Our, uh, our, our upperclassmen, so, you know, our 16, 17, and through 19-year-olds, we had to spend hours coming up with this list. I mean, we just really had to think hard and long about it. No joke, this took about 90 seconds. <laughs> Me too. There's, I have mine in there. My go-to. In fact, true story. We did this on Monday. We came up with this list on Monday. By Wednesday, I was using these. <laughs> Not because they gave me ideas, because I realized I'm doing these things. Oh, I didn't mean to, or I, I deserve a break. Oh, just, just throughout the week, just, they're just right there. So when we're at the crossroads of a decision, when we're trying to decide, hmm, this is what I clearly should do. This is what I clearly should not do. How do I decide? How do I decide? Parents or friends are saying, don't, don't go over here. Don't go over here. But then there's something over here that just says, I'll make up for it later. I deserve a little break. I'm not hurting anybody. It's just the way I am. And we buy into this little, just this little tiny bit of a lie. We know it's a lie. And we just go down this path. Why do we do that? What's wrong with us? The power of sin is in deception. In fact, some people really take it to the next level. Some people bring God into it. So it's not just like the rationalization. Some people are like, well, you know what? God wants me to be happy. Doesn't the Bible say somewhere God helps those who help themselves? Some of you are going to spend the rest of the service looking up that verse. (laughs) Let me know when you find it. I imagine God is particularly annoyed. I heard a preacher say this, and I, I tried to find him to, to credit it, and I couldn't find it. But I, I imagine God is particularly annoyed when we use his words to avoid doing his will. Oh, man. Oof, I've done that. When we use his words to avoid doing his will. The simple reality is this. 
Simple sermon. Power of sin is deception. But you know what's at the end of that choice? Always, every single time. Every single time at the end of that choice is a dead end. Every single time. Well, this time will be different. Nope, still a dead end. It's a dead end. Every single time. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. He says this, do not be deceived. He, says, he just goes on this whole list. The sexually immoral, idolaters, adulterers, men that have sex with men, thieves, greedy, drunkards, slanders, swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. These, these people, and you could throw any number of things in there. You could pick out your own kind of personal sin. You can maybe feel justified because, well, I don't see my thing on there, so I'm good. No, no, no. Pick out the thing you have and just put it right up on that list. I give you permission. But this, those people, the people who do these things, aren't going to inherit the kingdom of God. It's clear. It's just, it's just the choice. It's the choice that we have. Let's play a little game. It's called Heads I Win, Tails You Lose. Okay? All right, heads. Oh, man, too bad I win. Tails. Oh, sorry, you lose. It's a fun game to play with little kids because they don't catch on. <laughs> Maybe this time will be different. No, tails you lose. Ah. Uh, God wants me to be happy. Nope, tails you lose. But just this once. Nope, tails you lose. Sin is always a dead end. Sin is always a dead end. Now you're thinking, all right, I got up this morning. I came to church. I got dressed up. I put on a little perfume, applied some deodorant, combed my hair. I know sin is bad. I didn't need to come to church to hear that. Well, then why do we do it? If we got this all figured out, then why do we make choices? Listen, this is the thing that blew me away this week. Because here I am, you know, I'm going to get in front of a group of people and I'm going to preach on Sunday about how sin is a dead end. And so surely at least this week I can like make some really good choices. So at least by Sunday I can be like, look at me all week, I didn't sin once. Why did I this week make choices that I knew led down a dead end? Because I bought into a lie. The power of sin is in deceit. Imagine if, uh, if con men or scam artists had to play fair. Imagine that. Just imagine a scenario if somebody had to say, hey, I'm gonna, can I interest, interest you in this incredibly overpriced item? You can buy it on credit. You will never pay it off. It's going to ruin your finances for probably a decade. Sign me up. I like it. Hey, uh, just so you know, this coat that's hanging right here, it's covering up a no parking sign. Your uh, car is going to be towed. Uh, it's a 95% chance. Maybe they won't come by. It's worth it. Let's give it a shot. Why do, we, why do we make that bet? Imagine if sin had to play fair. Imagine this. Just imagine this. Sin came up to you and said, okay, full disclosure, this is going to ruin your life as you know it. You are going to regret this decision for, for years. You're going to wish you could replay this moment again and again and make the right decision. This is going to ruin it. Oh, isn't that? Oh, okay, sounds good. Let's do it. Wonderful. What if sin had to play fair? Hey, uh, you're going to strap yourself financially. Yep, you're going you're gonna to wish you'd never... Every time you see that thing, you're going to be like, why did I buy that? What was wrong with me? In about six months, your wife is going to leave you. Why am I messing with this? If I know the consequences of these choices, why am I messing with this? Why am I doing that? Oh, maybe it will work out differently this time. You know what? You do that, you're going to lose the respect of your children. Sounds good to me. Why? Why would we make choices like that? Sin is always a dead end. Let me, uh, let me dispel a notion that you may be holding on to. You may be sitting here, you, think, you may be thinking, okay, hey, so we're deceived. 
We buy into a lie. We make a bad choice. We suffer the consequences. Why are you yelling at me? I mean, I'm deceived. I didn't know. I got tricked. Well, I was trying to work on my incredulous expression this morning. Kind of that, you know, that skeptical look that you give people like, what? You don't really. I couldn't get it, so I found this picture that I wanted. I wanted this, uh, this baby to give this, pic- this look to you. <laughs> When you say, every time you say, I-, I didn't know, I was tricked, I was deceived. Don't you think about this baby. Like, mm. <laughs> really? Really? Are you sure? Every time you see this baby on the internet, you're going to be like, oh, that sermon. Ow. <laughs> there is always a point that you and I breeze right past the road signs. Hey, dead end. And we're just like, cruise it right on through, hit the gas. It's not that the dead end and the bad choice isn't obvious. It's that we're, we're allowing ourselves to rationalize and justify ourselves with that, with that little bit of a lie. I was reading this article about a guy who, uh, who drove through multiple roadblocks in a construction zone, past multiple signs, construction workers diving out of his way, and he ended up in a ditch. Didn't kill anybody, didn't hurt himself. Ended up, he, ended up, he had to go to the hospital, but he wasn't, he wasn't terribly injured. Uh, he wasn't drunk. He wasn't on drugs. He wasn't being chased by the cops. He wasn't distracted driving. He said, as he's in the ditch, and the police are like, what's going on? He says, I was just following my GPS. (laughs) Took me down here. (laughs) Your GPS is lying to you. James chapter 1, I I don't have it in here. Feel free to look it up later. It says that sin gets to us by messing with our desires. It entices us. It may be lies, but they're lies that we want to believe. We're a willing participant. The power of sin is deception, and the reality is it's always a dead end. Now, I I really toyed with this idea because I thought, man, okay, that's kind of a bummer of a sermon. Sin is bad, don't do it. All right, see you guys, see you next week. I I I just don't feel like as someone who's called to preach the gospel that I can end there. I I, I thought about it, but I don't think I can end there. And that's why I think 1 Corinthians 6 goes on and gives us the rest of the story, and this is so good. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11, he says this, and this is good, because we're feeling like, man, I've made that choice. I've done that. I've been there. And Paul says, yeah, that's right. Such were some of you. Ah, yeah, Paul, you got me. And such were some of you. But, but you were washed. Now, you may have to be living with some consequences of those choices, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified, really justified, not like justification like our rationalizations for sin. You were really justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. You were truly justified. But I want you to know, Jesus didn't die for, it's not a big deal. Everyone is doing it. It'll just be this once. Jesus died for our sin. And Jesus doesn't forgive us for, I'm not really hurting anybody. I'll make up for it later. I'm not as bad as that guy down the road. Jesus forgives us for our sin. And the reality is this, and this is where I'm going to end. So if you're not listening, let's tune back in. The reality is Jesus can't help us with our sin until we have the courage to own up to it and call it what it is. He, He can't. He can't, he can't forgive us for, I'm better than the other guy. He can't forgive it just this one more time. He doesn't forgive us for that. He forgives us for our sin when we have the courage to own up to it. 
And if we won't own up to it, then maybe we don't believe it's a dead end. What's wrong with us? Maybe we're still toying around with the idea that maybe this isn't a dead end. And I want to tell you that every single time, sin is a dead end. Every single time, the wages of sin is always death. But praise be to God. There is a free gift through Christ. That is the good news. Because if we stay there, we're like, I'm a miserable, terrible person. You may, may be. Maybe that's the answer to your question. What's wrong with me? I'm a terrible person. It's a good thing that Jesus isn't. And so what we have, the, the only choice that we have, the only thing that we have to offer here this morning is that if you are that person making that decision or if you're like, man, I saw the warning signs back there. I'm way past that. There's always room to come back. There's always room to come back and there's always room for forgiveness. We can never let go of that message. There's always a way back from a dead end. And that's what we're going to be talking about in this series, about how we get back from those dead ends and where real hope and real life come from. We're going to wrap up our service this morning. I'm going to ask one of our elders, Dave, if you'd come lead us in a word of prayer. But my challenge to you this week is to, to understand those dead end choices when you're making them and realize that forgiveness comes through Christ. Dave?